the first edition of First Presbyterian Church of Troy's new podcast. This is one of our efforts to reach out and get to know more of our neighbors. Our goal at the church is to be your neighborhood church, to be a place where you connect with each other and most importantly, connect with God. My name is uh, Pastor Dan Heaton, and I am so thrilled to have you with us. And I'm really excited because our first guest here right out of the gate is uh, the Reverend Dr. Flo Barbie Watkins, who is the um, uh, General Presbyter of the Presbytery of Detroit, and we'll explain what that means in just a minute. Uh, relatively new addition to our Metro Detroit community, been with us uh, for uh, about six months or so, and um, uh, is just a great part of uh, the connectional nature of the church. So, Dr. Flo, welcome. Thank you so very much for having me. It's good to be with you, Pastor Dan. Yeah, and and uh, uh, we're happy to have our listeners with us uh, as well. And hey, I'd just like to, just real quick, um, I thought it would be interesting to start off with, uh, you know, I think a lot of people who are listening probably have a general idea of what a what the role of a pastor is, uh, though I'm going to ask you about that too in a minute. Uh, but I think probably not too many people who are listening know what uh, an executive presbyter does. So could you just take a second and explain what you do and, and how you hope to impact the local church? Absolutely. Thank you so very much for having me again. So in the role of a general presbyter or an executive presbyter, uh, his or her uh, job is to oversee the staff of, of the presbytery office, which means that that person functions as the head of staff. Uh, but that 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 but some of the responsibilities also include the care of congregations and helping the presbytery itself, which consists of both ruling elders and teaching elders, as in people in the pew and people who preach from the pulpit, together to to discern and to guide for the the vision and the mission of the presbytery. Uh, oftentimes, some of the nuts and bolts of what uh, what we do is we help our committee on ministry, which is a committee of the whole of the whole presbytery, as it relates to congregations and pastors and those relations. So, uh, in 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 some ways, I I, I serve <laughs> as a, a place where if things are getting a little strange, oftentimes. Uh, we'll call in the general presbyter or the, the executive presbyter to come and have a conversation and, and to lend some wisdom or knowledge to that situation. You know, in a lot of ways, I think the role of a, of a general presbyter is to be kind of the first line of uh, resource or the first helping hand that is available to a church that might need some uh, guidance because they've hit a ro rocky patch or whatever the case might be. But is kind of that that first first phone call of hey we need a little outside help. Yes, oftentimes, oftentimes, I I, I think that um, one of the things that <laughs> one of the things that we look at doing is is how to provide leadership, vision, nurture, uh, encouragement, uh, so that the the ministry and the mission of the presbytery happens, and so. Uh, as it relates to that executive presbyter, uh, that person probably shouldn't be your first call. But if it's gotten to the point where it's where things might be uh, <laughs> going a little bit in a different direction, you definitely want to include that person 
Um, and so in our presbytery, our, our, our congregations do have a person uh, that that's their first call, but it shouldn't be me. Okay. <laughs> that's okay. The first call. All right. All right. Note, note for the future. Okay. <laughs> well, it's great just to have, um, you know, a person that has uh, knowledge and wisdom and, and uh, some leadership skills that, that, uh, you know, I can tap into as a pastor and, and uh, we know that, you know, you kind of have our back and are, and are looking for ways to help us out. And that's, that's an important resource uh, for the church, I think. Absolutely. I, I do have a pastor's heart. And um, because I served as a pastor for 18 years in my last call, uh, I do understand some of the things that, uh, that, our, that our pastors go through. And so, uh, but for, as for ministers uh, who are serving our congregations, uh, I can be your first call. <laughs> gotcha. All right. Hey, so, you know, like I said, I, I, I said that I think that most people who are listening would probably have an idea of what a pastor is and what her or his duties might be. But I think it might be insightful to hear from a person who's been a pastor for, you know, a substantial period. I mean, most of your adult life, I'm, I'm sure. Um, and and you know, how do you define what a pastor is or or maybe more importantly, <laughs> what a pastor should be. <laughs> awesome. Um, so I got really clear about what the role of the pastor is, especially as, we as it relates to the Presbyterian Church. Um, and it comes directly from scripture to equip the saints for the work of ministry. Mm. Um, I think oftentimes, uh, because our, 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 our denomination is amazing in that we have teaching elders and ruling elders, and they have, uh, it's an egalitarian relationship. So they're meant to work together, not one over the other. Um, and so I think that as, as, as pastor, um, the teaching elder has some unique responsibilities that the ruling elder does not. And, and vice versa. So that that pastor is definitely the one who administers the sacraments. Um, he or she is that person who, uh, you know, takes care of making certain that 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 baptism and the Lord's Supper are are, are administered properly. Um, but that pastor is also responsible for teaching the people. So in that, with that being said, uh, Christian education is a huge part of what uh, pastors are, are called to do, to teach people, to instruct them. You know, the, the didache, that, that part of being uh, the, the, the pastor. Um, he or she is also expected to, um, for the, to, to proclaim the word of God, uh, preaching, but, it, but it's not exclusive because ruling elders can preach too, like, right. Yes. You know, yes. um, but it is also, um, I think the responsibility of, of that, that, that pastor to have some oversight of, of implementing what the session has declared it will do. So if and it comes as in the form of being the moderator of session, and so that checks and balances that, well, you know, the, 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 the session is the ruling body of the church, but the pastor is the moderator of that meeting. So you can't have a meeting without the moderator. So it offers us a little bit of, of, of a lot of collaboration and some, um, some balance so that 
there will be absolute power inside of the system that we call church. And so that pastor is, is the shepherd. He or she is that person who is praying for members. He is that person who, he or she is that person who holds the confidence of, of the people that he or she has been called to serve. Um, the, the old saying goes is that, that there are, there are three areas of, of, what we look for in pastoral ministry. One is the ability to teach and preach, uh, two, uh, a good administrator, and three, a good uh, uh, pastor, as in someone who can be looked at as a shepherd shepherd who knows how to take care of the flock. And you never mm -hmm. get all three in one person. Yeah, no, that's true. That's true. Um, I mean, we all, have, yeah. we all have our strengths and weaknesses, right? And that's where um, having, having some uh, strong elders in the church is so critical because, um, you know, we can kind of cover each other's gaps. Absolutely. You know, as you were talking, I, I, um, and, and, and folks who uh, are in my church and, and elsewhere where I've served know, know this, that I'm a little bit of a nerd when it comes to church architecture and, and the design and layouts of the buildings. I, I just find it fascinating. And, and as you know, you know, I mean, not much happens in the church unless there's a reason behind it, right? That's right. And and in uh, I find it interesting that in most of our Presbyterian churches, the the chair or the seat where the pastor sits during the worship service is generally to one side, or or perhaps um, you know kind of hidden behind the pulpit. And and I think that is so important because it it reminds me uh, and speaks to the fact that no person in the church is ab above anyone else or, um, you know, we're all kind of, uh, we're all God's children and, and no one uh, is any more special than anyone else. God loves each person equally. And, and I think, um, you know, the symbolism of, of kind of just a regular chair, uh, that, that just speaks to me. I, and, and maybe I'm unique, but it, it speaks <laughs> to me greatly. Absolutely. And, you know, I, um, I, I, I actually um, would sit uh, in the congregation because oh. we, had, we had a worship leader, uh, the liturgist, uh -huh. uh, and all those things were done until it was time for uh, the proclamation of the word. And then I, of course, I did the rest, but our, mu our, our music staff, uh, in singing, uh, led the congregation in singing. Uh, the worship leader uh, did the, the liturgy parts of it. Uh, and then when it was uh, time for the preach word, then I would go up. So I got a chance to worship with everyone, which I found to be amazing. It was a, it, it didn't start off that way, but it ended up that way. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's one of the things that um, I, I think people often don't realize uh, when you're in a, a pastoral leadership position is um, uh, you're so engaged in worship and, you know, making sure everything happens correctly and at the right time and in the right order. Um, sometimes uh, it, if you're not careful, it can become, you know, just a day at the office versus the worship experience that it's meant to be. And, uh, and I think as pastors, you have to be very intentional about that. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Because we're, you know, I, 
one of the things that I, I, I would run into is that I would, I would be reading scripture or, uh, or, or practicing a, a particular discipline. And it's hard not to think about, oh, my goodness, that'll preach right there. And you start <laughs> what you're going to do with the text, rather than allowing the text to, to speak to your spirit and your heart. <laughs> but on the other hand, uh, Pastor Flo, and I know you've had this experience where uh, you're in worship and, and man, the spirit just moves, you know, and, and you just think, wow, what just happened? <laughs> yes. Yes. And, and those are the special moments uh that that uh just makes being part of our our faith so um uh, invigorating Absolutely. I, I think yeah hey so uh l- let me ask you this uh, you know we talked about you relatively moved to uh, metro detroit from uh you were down in uh in charlotte i believe um and then moved here to take take your current position about six months or so ago and i'm and i'm thinking that uh, i know during the pandemic time it's it's uh, hard to connect with people. And I think, I think that's one of the things that the church can do as, as we're coming out of hopefully coming out of the pandemic time is offer people a chance to uh, reconnect and whether that reconnection is with uh, God um, and also with, uh, you know, friends or making new friends and just being around people. Um, I know that's so important to a lot of the people in Troy that, uh, now that we've gone back to in-person worship, um, I'm wondering that that must have been and probably continues to be a challenge for you being a relative new person in town. It is an absolute challenge <laughs> because there's, you know, there are, you know, I am, I'm a, a naturally gregarious person. I, I am an extrovert and, and uh, I am energized by people. And so the, this 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 whole thing with the pandemic just it really did it, it threw a little uh, a hiccup and and a monkey wrench in 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 my whole way of being, and then moving to a new location and 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 you really can't meet people during a pandemic uh, ish, and so um, it it has been me having to be creative, and how do I meet people? How do I get to know pastors? How do I get to know people in the pews? And, and it has been uh, it has been a challenge because you don't want to just show up when something is wrong. You want to you want to show up when something is right so that when something might be uh, a challenge, that that's not the first time they're seeing you. Right. Yeah, hey, uh, this is a great conversation. I think we're going to uh, continue this. We're going to uh, pause here and uh uh, I think we're going to have a part two. We've been talking with uh, the Reverend Dr. Flo Barbie Watkins, and she is the, uh, we'll still call her the new uh, General Presbyter of the Presbytery of Detroit, uh, which is a, 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 a group that the First Presbyterian Church of Troy is a part of, along with uh, about 80 uh, or so churches around the metro Detroit area. And uh, Dr. Flo, if, if you don't mind, we're going we're gonna to invite you back for another segment. I would love to. Thank you so much. Okay. Hey, thanks for listening to our our first podcast. And uh, be sure to stay tuned to this channel for future updates and events about what's happening inside the church and in the community of Troy, Michigan. Thanks.